Hey, hey, skinny peeps. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. I am so glad you tuned in today. You are listening to The Skinny with Jesus. My name is Bevan Caramello. I'm the founder of this podcast ministry, and I am so, 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 so very glad you are here. Um, We are in a series called The Road to Jericho, where we are going through the first six books of the uh, the book of Joshua. So the first six chapters, pardon me of the book of Joshua. Um, and I absolutely love the book of Joshua. It's one of my very favorite Old Testament books. It's not really long, but it is packed, just super, super packed with wisdom um, and um, just awesome metaphors for the way God wants us to live our lives and all the things that he did back then that he's still doing now. We can just see it all play out in the lives of the Israelites. And so I am loving this series. I hope you are too. Some of you have probably noticed by now, if you have been listening to the skinny for very long, that we have slowed our role. Um, and I apologize for that. For those of you who loved it back when, um, the skinny was one podcast a week. Um, that is actually how I prefer it too. I love to put out a podcast every week. It seems like lately over the course of the last six to 12 months or so, it's been more like a podcast a month, maybe two a month if I'm lucky. Um, and that just has to do with the season that God has has me in right now, a season of ministry and places that he's got me um, working and doing some other things for him and other things for my family, some things in the mission field, a lot of things women's ministry related in my church. Um, and so I love that he still gives me time and space for the skinny because um, it's so precious to me. All of you are so precious to me all over the world. Um, I never imagined that I would have a podcast. God is amazing like that. He takes a girl who has never even listened to a podcast and he somehow uses her to create a podcast. (laughs) That is awesome. I just, I love that about him. Um, And I'm grateful for all of you and for your patience with me Um, for now, one a month, maybe two a month. And I hope eventually we are back on track for once a week. Um, It really is my heart's desire for you guys to be able to plug in here once a week, um, midweek, to kind of realign um, your lives with scripture, especially since church tends to be on the weekends, Saturday or Sunday for most of us. Um, I really love this to be a place where you can tune in for a message midweek. But I also am aware of the fact that a lot of you know podcast listeners kind of binge listen. That's just the world we live in today. We binge watch, we binge listen, we binge read. Um, and so I know that for some of you, the fact that it's gone to once a month doesn't even really matter. You guys um, listen to a whole um, series all at once with over the course of you know 24 hours or 48 hours. So God knows what we need when we need it. And I'm grateful for this platform because he's able to use messages from a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, um, and to send them straight to the hearts of the people who need them today. Um, and he'll be doing that 20 years from now for me as well with other um, things that I read and listen to. So 
On that note, my skinny peeps, I love you and I'm glad you are here. Today we are going through Joshua chapter 5. The title of our uh, of this episode today is called Obedience to Abundance. For those of you who have your Bibles with you, Turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 5. Um, I Let's see. We'll just start at the beginning. You guys know how it goes. If you don't have your Bibles with you, I'm going to read the scripture for us. Starting in verse 1, Joshua says, Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until... We had crossed over. Their hearts melted, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Okay, you guys, stop right there. I know we're only one verse in, but it has to be said. This just jumped off the pages at me um, when I was reading this verse. And um, I love it when that happens because I've read Joshua many times, and I don't think that this verse ever jumped out at me before, but Joshua 5.1 really got me this time. Um, right where it says that um, the enemies that they were headed toward, they're headed toward Jericho, right? And now he says that all of the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast, they heard what God did. They heard that he dried up the Jordan River so that the Israelites could get across. And what happens? You guys, what happens? It says that they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Their hearts melted. I mean, they just heard what their God did. And I love it because what what really screamed out at me here was not that the Israelites were a big deal, but that their God was a big deal. They heard what God did, right? They The Israelites had conquered enemies on the other side of the Jordan. That's not what put these people in fear. That's not what made, that made their hearts melt. It wasn't that they won other battles. It's the fact that God did something miraculous that they couldn't even fathom, that no human being could do on their own. He dried up the Jordan so that they crossed over on dry ground. They heard about the Israelites' God, and it made their hearts melt because they knew that they were going up against that God. Not that they were going up against the Israelites. They'd had many battles with many different peoples. They were going up against the Israelites' God. And so that got me thinking, and I started wondering, how does that apply to our lives? And you know what came to me was, do others even know that He's our God? When we're going into the battles that we face every day, is there any way the enemies we face could melt just because they know he's our God? Do they even know the God that we serve? Do we talk about him? Is it obvious who our God is, who fights for us when we go into battle? I love, there's a verse in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Let's see if I can find it here real quick. It is in chapter 31, verse 8. It says, the Lord himself goes before you. And will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. The Lord goes before you. He's before us in every single thing that we're going to face every single day. And sometimes that hard thing that we're facing, they just need to know who it is that we serve, the God that we serve. 
Okay, let's keep going. Verse two. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at, I'm going to mispronounce this, I'm sorry, at Gibeath Haraloth. Okay, good try, Bevan. Um, Okay, I lost my place. Now, this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. So that's 40 years of boys being born that had not been circumcised. The Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, I love that right there. We see complete obedience. I tell my kids all the time, partial obedience is disobedience. But right here we see complete obedience on behalf of Joshua and the Israelites. It says, after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there and were in the camp until they were healed. Verse 9, then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Okay, pause right there for me at the end of verse 9. Oh, you guys, this is a hard obedience, right? Circumcision? I mean, these this was from zero all the way to 40 years old. These men and these boys, God asks for hard obedience. Obedience can be painful. Verse, let's see, where is it? Right here, verse two, it says, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites. Make flint knives. I mean, that sounds painful to me. Some of you know I have twin boys. They actually turned 10 on Thanksgiving. Happy birthday, Cruz and Brett. 10-year-old boy. So about 10 years ago, I remember the day that my husband Brian and I took them to the hospital to be circumcised. And I was paranoid. They were preemies, so they weren't circumcised in the NICU. We actually had to take them back when they were a little bit older and a little bit bigger. They were about three or four months old, I think. And I wanted to know exactly how they were going to do it. I wanted to see the equipment. I wanted, I mean, and it's such a precise procedure today. Um, and there's, you know, numbing gel and there's Vaseline and all the ointments and the things that we put on them to help them heal afterwards. This was not the case, right? Over 2,000 years ago, thousands of years ago, this is a painful obedience for all these men. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of men and boys to be circumcised. And, you know, sometimes God asks us or allows us to go through painful things to shape us. You know, circumcision meant that they were set apart. Circumcision was a way of marking themselves physically to say that they belonged to God. And oftentimes refining in our lives, it it comes through difficulty. 
but we are His, and He is molding us more and more into the image of Christ. We, just like the Israelites, we have been bought at a very high price, right? The Son of God, God gave up His own Son, and we too, we are set apart. We have been ransomed. We've been bought. We are cherished. We are loved. You know, the other thing about this obedience, if you notice, it came at the end of 40 years. 40 in the Bible is is a number that um, represents a time of testing. Because the Israelites were disobedient at the beginning of their time in the desert, they wandered for 40 years and, and that whole entire generation had to die off. God said they would never see the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. This was a way God was cleansing Israelite, uh, cleansing the Israelites, pardon me, cleansing Israel of the father's sins, their disobedience. He was cleansing Israel. And this took time. An entire generation had to die off. But I love what we see here in verse eight. I'm going to read us for it again, read it for us again. It says, and after the whole nation, there's that complete obedience. After the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. I love that in verse eight, because we see that after this hard obedience, this hard, painful thing that God asks of them, physically painful to be circumcised. God gave them rest to heal before what was going to come next. Right? Hard obedience was followed by a time of rest and healing. I love that. I love that we see this God who who knows what they're headed for. They are headed into Jericho in our next chapter, in our next episode, guys. He knows what's coming. He knows the victory that's coming for them. He also knows the war, the battles that they're going to fight. He asks this hard obedience, but then he gives them a season of rest to heal before what he's going to ask next. Pick it up with me in verse 10. It says, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain, and the manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Oh, you guys, these last couple of verses here are so rich. They celebrate Passover before they head to conquer Jericho. Why? Why do you guys think? I think God knew that they needed The timing is never lost on God, right? His timing is always perfect. It's not coincidence that Passover was the day before they were going to go. It's not, it's not coincidence that, that Passover happened and then they went into this great battle. Just like it's not coincidence the way that Passover happened in the story of Christ. 
the way that he was sacrificed as the final Passover lamb that would be sacrificed on the altar, the week of Passover, right? And then the resurrection that came. This timing is, is not coincidence. And they, they celebrated Passover. They remembered the previous works of God. They remembered when he had passed over them before, they, before he delivered them from the Egyptians and sent them out of Egypt. They remembered when he parted the Red Sea and they had just seen him dry up the waters of the Jordan so that they could cross over again. This Passover celebration was about God's previous deliverance before he asked them what was going to come next. He reminded them first to build their faith and trust first because it's intentional. He knew what they needed in order to be able to obey again. And then we see that they ate some produce from the land. They ate some of it. And after a season of manna, you guys, 40 years, 40 years of manna, the same meal, day in and day out. Can you guys imagine? I mean, even whatever your favorite food is in the whole world, mine's spaghetti. I don't know if I want to eat it three meals a day for 40 years. I'd be tired of it. I'd be ready for something else. But he had provided for them faithfully for 40 years. And now he is about to send them into the land of milk and honey. And they've gotten to taste it before he sends them in to conquer Jericho, which we're going to see in the next episode, just the awesome way that he does that. He fought that battle for them. You're going to see he fights it all the way. But they don't know yet exactly what's going to be asked of them. He lets them taste the produce from the land of milk and honey, the land that they'd been promised, the land that their fathers had been telling them about for 40 years as they wandered in the desert, eating manna. Same meal, hard obedience in circumcision. They'd seen their fathers and their mothers pass away. An entire generation died in the desert. What happens next? After a season of manna, we see God leads them into abundance. You guys, their hard obedience, that choice that they had to make, their fathers didn't make it, but they did. Their hard obedience came first. They were circumcised. They marked their bodies physically, set apart for God claiming Yahweh as Lord. And then God takes them from this season of obedience into a season of abundance. I know some of you guys need this message today. You're walking hard roads. You're making hard choices today. You're walking fine lines you're too close to the edge and you know you've got to make a hard choice of obedience. And you need to know that God is a God of abundance. That he loves you, that he will provide for you, that he's going to fight that battle out in front of you, that he goes before you. But he demands that we put him on 
his throne in our life. Does the enemy know he's your God? Have you claimed him? Have you claimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you call him Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Have you bowed your will to his obedience first? Abundance follows. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, you are good. You are good. You give manna. You provide. You are the God who gives manna, and you are also the God who leads us into the land of milk and honey, of abundance, Lord. You are the God out in front of us. You are the God who fights our battles, who tells us over and over and over to be still and know that you are God, that we can trust you. You tell us that when we are obedient to you, Lord, that our obedience to you will always mean your very best for us. And we praise you for who you are. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for each person who's hearing this message today and who's going to hear it in the future when you know they need it most. Give them courage, Lord. Give them courage to be obedient, even when it's painful, even when it's hard. And Lord, I pray your abundance for them. I pray that their obedience to you would lead them to a season of abundance and that they would sing of your love forever, that they would go tell it from the mountain, Lord, that they would be changed and that others would see it and that you would be glorified because of it, because of that change in them through your word, through your message, through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord of lords and King of kings. It is in his matchless name that we pray. Amen. Skinny peeps, thank you, thank you for being here today. I am so glad you're here. I can't say that enough. For those of you who have not found us on Facebook yet, I would love for you to connect with us there. Just search The Skinny with Jesus in Facebook and then add yourself there. All are welcome, so feel free to invite friends and family. Next week, the last episode in our series on the road to Jericho, we get to Jericho in our, I shouldn't say next week, in our next episode, we arrive at Jericho and we are going to see God fight this awesome battle. I hope that you will be there with me. I look forward to being with you again. You guys know, in the meantime, I am praying for you and yours. Bye now.